0: the Athletic. Hi there and welcome to From the Rookery End, a Watford podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name is Adam Leventhal and alongside me today, DCW, how are you?
1: I'm very well. How are you more to the point? You were up till God knows what time last night on the deadline day live coverage, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I've got to say I am a little bit frazzled, a little bit frazzled, but um, it is good that I can now sort of go, listen, listen, can you hear that? No, it's not ticking anymore. That bloody clock isn't ticking anymore. So it's so good to actually just have a little bit of silence and hopefully in this podcast today with John as well. John, how are you?
2: I'm great because the transfer window is closed. Yes! You put a player in, a player out, in, out, in. Shake the squad about. You do the transfer window. Mix it all about. That's what it's all about. Hokey oh, no oh. Very I mean good. I, well, sort of, but it's inspired by you, Adam, because that was the start yeah. of your uh, your piece from this morning, and it just got me. The hokey cokey got me. <laughs> it was. Oh, that was that was
0: fantastic. Very very good, very good. Because I, I, I when I was writing it, I did think. Do people know what the hokey kokie is anymore? And um I'm glad that, yes, you do, John. And I hope that other people that are listening today are familiar with the hokey kokie And I just thought that that's, it was quite a good way of putting it, wasn't it? Because there was a lot of in and out and it has genuinely been shaken up, the, the Watford squad. And, and that's what we're going to, I would have thought, focus on the majority of this, this edition of From the Rookery End On. Because you know there are so many questions and so many sort of issues to pull apart obviously we're going to we're going to talk about the players that have left the players that have arrived as well and also go through your questions as to whether it's been a success whether it's been a failure whether it's a gamble whether it's a, a new era you know a, a chance for a, a new sort of fresh outlook We don't know yet and now we're sort of sitting in this international break and and it'll be interesting to talk about so many different issues. I mean, what what sort of stuck out for you guys from deadline day? Not necessarily in terms of the the
2: player movement, but just sort of the the feel of it. It was relaxed um, because it felt like most of our business in terms of incomings. I wasn't going to be looking over my shoulder to see if Norwich were going to steal somebody from us. And it just felt like, you know, the, the players that we thought were needing to leave slowly... As the day went on, they were just going their own their own way. So it was it was it was relaxed that day. Not necessarily the day before that, but that was different with Troy's exit. But DCW, I mean, what was your sort of feeling? Because it is it is
0: interesting on deadline day when you sort of analyse it as a as a day on its own. Because people will almost sort of go, "Oh, we didn't do this, we didn't do that," and almost forget about the the two months that has preceded it.
1: It's very easy to look at the likes of Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid and all the other massive clubs that, you know, still being Tottenham being linked with Adama Traore and all this stuff. Thinking, you know, oh, we want to do it. We want to do it. But as as John and you have just said, yeah, we've we got our house in order pretty early this year. It is interesting to still see people like popping up all day. Like ask every time you put out a tweet, Adam, like saying, you know, or, or every time you say I'm about to go live on the Athletics live, live feed and you get Watford fans going, any news? Are we going to sign a centre back? And whilst you always kind of have to caveat it, don't you? That you never know, something could happen. They could spring a surprise. You just obviously it just never felt like we were going to do that. And they're obviously clearly focused on shifting some of the the bodies out of the squad that clearly didn't want around. And um, and that that was it really, wasn't it? That was the main focus. And I think it sort of wrapped up the transfer window quite neatly for us in terms of we'd done everything we wanted to do. And it was about quite because quite often in the past we've had these Times where we wanted to get people out, but we haven't. But it feels like we have got everyone out the door who we who we wanted to this time. So there shouldn't be anyone knocking about who's not who's not happy, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been an incredible amount of 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 transition, churn, revolution, whatever you want to call it, in that Watford squad. But I suppose we have to deal with the with the Troy Deeney departure because I think everyone. Who is a Watford fan will have had a, a few pangs of of emotion. There might have been some tears as well. I'm sure there was, you know, lumps in throats when they were watching him. I could tell he was he was very emotional when he was doing that that address to camera as he was sat in one of the um, executive boxers in the, in the Graham Taylor stand. Um, you know, basically saying goodbye and and saying thank you and and talking about all the connections that he's he's had with the club. You know, you have to sort of separate that moment and you know that that almost step away from Watford to the reason why it was happening in the first place. John from your point of view from a you know from a fan's perspective how did you assess the the departure and how it was handled by the club because it it seemed to have been done pretty well on on the surface you know from from what we saw from the outside
2: wasn't it. I don't think his exit's hopefully not complete let's say. Um you know I you know you saw the stuff last week and and for for a while we've known with Troy that there's there's an element where it feels like we're stuck with Troy and no club should really be stuck with a player not because we want to get rid of him but he's almost like the only option we had many people came in to try and be his partner to be the next one after him and it, it never sort of quite worked out and on the you know Sunday's podcast you know, Jason talked about in terms of the footballing side of things, what we will meet. You know what we have been wanting to to fill, and we've sort of done that through this transfer window with all the the strikers we brought in it was the It was the emotional thing and the off pitch side of it that I think for me felt like something's missing or something could be missing further down the line you know the the worry always with the pots are here with lots of players coming in from from abroad, will they feel that connection? You know, will they you know, understand the values that Graham put into the club? And he did that. You know, the, the fact that the club put that, that sort of early indicator that he was possibly going, or they're talking about him going, and that sort of prepared me, I thought. Um, but seeing the actual video, you know, as you say, Adam, you can see in him what it was uh, that he was getting choked up about. That for me, it, it did. It did that for me, me as well. Uh, and then when you show him the video with all his goals and stuff, it sort of does remind you of the entire time he's been at Watford. It, there is a little bit more that, in terms of the the current that we need to focus on, and it has been, it, you know, it's been a long time since he's been part of the day to day squad. Uh, even last year, uh, in terms mm. of our promotion, we we feel like we've, you know, footballing wise, there are these players, but we've already sort of moved on from Troy in terms of, yeah, the, what goes on on the pitch.
0: Yeah I think that I think that's a very good point you know people sort of like this you know the same thing with with deadline day where you become fixated on on a moment people will almost just focus on the fact that he's gone and maybe forget the fact that yeah you're right he hasn't really been part of it since that coventry game that that horrendous coventry game where it just all seemed to almost just looked like confidence was paper thin, a promotion push was paper thin, and it, it just wasn't going to happen. And then there was that switch, not because he was out of the side, but because everyone's, you know, everyone got together and, and heads were bashed together and they just thought, look, come on, we can't go on with this sort of poisonous atmosphere, it, it felt like. And then there was that huge release against Bristol City, and then the rest is, is history. They really kicked on at, at one promotion, and Troy wasn't part of that. In terms of on the field action, he he was part of it a lot more. You know, off the field, the initial phase was him trying to get fit and recover from his from his injury, um, but then obviously. I think everyone will, will have realised, having seen him on the, you know, the TV pictures, because you know, there was no one in the ground, but he was, he was in the stand a lot. He was very vocal. He was in and around the,
2: the dressing room. You know We saw him on, on Hive Live and things like that. On that interview that he did, or he was on Hive Live that afternoon of, of promotion. He definitely, the way he was talking, for me at least, he felt like he wasn't part of it as much yeah. as he because it had been a long time it'd been 16 17 games since you know that that great run had started he he certainly didn't didn't feel like he, the way he was talking he didn't quite feel as close as we might have expected no and also how he would have liked it to be you know because if you look at
0: all the moments up until that point he had pretty much pretty much been central to it going all the way back to you know the the Leicester goal winning promotion Brighton you know big goals in the in the Premier League the cup semi-final all that sort of stuff it had always been you know about Troy um, or at least he had been in and around it or been able to sort of give his reaction having been part of the of the showpiece event and I guess you know that that would have been difficult for him what I found interesting was th- the first words that we heard from him in print this season was in the match day programme. And he was basically saying, you know, what am I looking forward to? Having the fans back. What am I not looking forward to? Sitting on the bench. And that was the first sort of signal for me. Although he said at the same time, you know, I have to work my way back into the side and, and things like that. It was just a sort of maybe an acknowledgement from him that after the entire preseason working his way back he even you know said he needed to sort of sub down his 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 weight in terms of muscle mass and and things like that that he sort of realized that he was lower down the pecking order than perhaps he was expecting once he had got himself fit so i think that that was an early signal for everyone that read it on that lovely day against Aston Villa that okay Maybe, maybe he might be starting to edge towards the the exit door.
2: The, the the move itself, it's incredibly romantic, and I think every Watford fan is like, "Oh, that's absolutely true." It's fine. Go to Birmingham. It's fine. It's great that you're going there. How, yeah. it, it, what, you know, from you know what you know, Adam, was that a long time coming? You talked about him hinting at it, and you know, the feel of it. But actually, was that as a a move a long time coming, or is it as Quick as it it felt like, I think it was probably a
0: little bit longer than the sort of the speediness of it sort of unfolding. If that if that makes sense, because obviously we got the um, the inkling that things weren't quite right by him not appearing against Crystal Palace, and you would have expected, you know, not starting against Aston Villa and featuring for ten odd minutes. The same happening with with Brighton. You would have then. thought, OK, well, you know, he'll start against Crystal Palace, he'll score a goal and he'll put himself in contention for the game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We sort of got an idea that round about sort of Tuesday and maybe after the the Brighton game, maybe it might have been like, well, hang on a minute, I'm not starting here. And then the wheels were starting to be sort of put in motion. The, the club obviously put out that statement on the Thursday I got an, sort of an inkling that things weren't quite right a little bit earlier than that. And we sort of broke the news that, you know, perhaps he might be leaving. And That was probably around the time that the wheels started to really sort of gather pace. I think what you can imagine that when you have someone who is maybe starting to get a feel that he's not, you know, as high up the pecking order as he would have liked, that he'll start to think, well, if I was to leave, where would I want to go? And Birmingham, obviously, you know, he would have been thinking about that, you know, years and years and years ago. So your first port of call is, okay, right, well, if I'm going, we probably need to start to sound out Birmingham and, get, and getting this sorted. Adam,
1: do you think with Troy on that on that very point about going to Birmingham, I'm, I'm pleased for him that he's there because it's obviously a romantic thing. It's his boyhood club. He's got a tattoo of the badge on his, on his calf, I think, hasn't he? Yeah. But do you think there's a part of him that, has done this because he did have enough time to sort out a better club and he always sort of knew that if I sort of spoke to the right people or my agent spoke to the right people Birmingham would obviously love to have me and it's kind of a nice I don't want to say consolation prize but it's kind of a, the sort of best or the least worst solution or whatever he could come up with in this timescale because if, if, if we'd said at the start of the summer you know what Troy thanks very much it's the end of the road he would have had a whole summer and he maybe could have got a club at the top end of the championship or maybe even could have gone to Palace with Will Hughes like you know <laughs> something like that
2: i always think with him because something you know when you hear him speak when we've spoken to him on the podcast you know he does talk about why he never moved before he didn't want to move because he liked being the main man at Watford mm. and going to any other club even if he was first choice in terms of the, the starting 11 he wouldn't have been the main man in terms of the you know, the the club captain. I reckon that was why he knows he can go and do that at, at blues. That was my feelings at least.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it works out well. It wouldn't have been the ideal. And I think that there might have been a few sort of moments in his mind thinking, well, you know, I could have gone after, you know, Leicester had won the title and I could have I could have gone and played you know Champions League football with with Leicester City, but I I stayed and and I stuck around. It's a fascinating. What
1: if that isn't it? If he, imagine if he went yeah. to Leicester after they'd won the league, he would have been in the Champions League. Maybe he would have got into the England squad. I think Sam Allardyce. When did Possibly, they win the league? Twenty yeah. sixteen. No, he would have. Sam Allardyce would have taken over that summer as England manager, and that could have been that could have been Troy's time if he was ever going to play for England. That would have been it. It's fascinating i bet I wonder if he does think about that it's very it's really interesting we, you just said you just said something there John and adam you've touched on it as well and I think what's interesting now throwing ahead to the post deany age at Watford because for so long, even if he's not been in the team like he like he wasn't last season, he's been like the sort of giant star in our galaxy. everything revolved around him even if he wasn't on the pitch. He was there. His presence, his gravitational pull, made that every aspect of Watford had some relation to him. And he, and his influence and his presence was was felt for good or for bad. And you'd know more about that than me. And obviously, he's lauded as a dressing room leader and this captain. And he's obviously been a leader. And he's he's a huge, big personality. But now he's not there anymore. No one at Watford has to think about what will Troy think. Should we consult Troy? Troy doesn't get to give his opinion on things that are happening at Watford anymore. he's just not there. The voice is gone the presence is gone the football has gone the man's gone and it'll be interesting to see what fills that void or who fills that void. I think we've had a little window into life without
0: Troy with that with that run and the you know the dressing room being run not by Troy and having success in in the promotion push and and allowing some other characters to to have a voice not to say that Troy was suppressing it but he was very much a you know he was very much a leader and everyone would look to a, that single voice to be pushing people forward I think it's become more of a collective I mean at the, at the same time and we'll talk more about the departures it, I think it's a little bit of a shame that some of those players that potentially could have built on you know being part of that leadership group, the likes of, of Will Hughes, the likes of Nathaniel Shalabar, because I think that they would have seen their their stock and their sort of profile rise a little bit further now that Troy isn't there. My gut feeling is, and this isn't speaking disparagingly about about Troy at all because he's done so much for the club, you have to move on at some point. He will go and have a big influence in his in his way at Birmingham and i wish him all the very best and i hope it turns out to be the fairy tale that we all as watford fans hope it will be it's 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 a nice next chapter for him but as watford fans we have to now focus on the positives of not having troy there <laughs> almost and not worry about not having troy there if that makes sense and mm. and just you know think right well tom cleverley is a, is a is a is a leader william trueste kong is a, is a leader ben foster's still in there as a leader There are other players that can be leaders by playing well rather than talking a lot. Peter Atibo, for example, not necessarily a vocal leader for Nigeria, but the way that he has played a lot of the time alongside William Trueste kong has been leading by example in that midfield for for Nigeria. We've seen how Yuri Kutska has played for Watford. He's carrying people with him already. The same with Musa Sissoko, that seniority that has been brought in, you know, hundreds and hundreds of caps that they've got for their international teams. Ozan Tufan as well, we haven't even, we haven't even seen him play yet. You know, these are also big characters that are coming into that dressing room. So I don't think that there's going to be this huge void that some people are, are are worried about. It's quite an exciting time, and I'm sure Troy will be interested to see how it pans out. There'll be part of him that thinks, "Well, see, look, they're missing me." I'm sure, in the way that he, he would, he 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 is. I'm sure, you know, that that's that's not speaking badly of him, but you know, I'm sure that he will also go. Fair play. And that was that lovely message as well, wasn't there, from, from Tom Cleverley on Instagram. Yeah. And a lovely response from Troy, basically saying, you know, look after look after the place for me. So, you know, I'm sure that he's looking forward to his new chapter, but also hoping that they, the players that he has left behind, also have success and Watford stay in the Premier League. And who knows, the the perfect sort of... Meeting of of all stars or whatever the saying would be would be for Troy to lead Birmingham up into the Premier League, and for for Watford to be playing Birmingham next season in the Premier League. That would be that would be great to see. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, water to go under the bridge before
1: then, but it would be great, wouldn't it? Or or for us to draw them in the FA Cup third round, which I, I yes. could I could see as being more likely, to be honest, the way football goes. Um, a couple of people have asked um, on Twitter, I think. A few people. Lee, do you know if there's any plans for a Dini testimonial or might he come back in, You know, uh, in, before one of the home games? Because Birmingham are playing on Friday, at the end of next week, and obviously we play um, Wolves on the Saturday. So do you think the club would, would not entertain that? Just think clean break. He's done his goodbye video. That's
0: that. Yeah, I can't imagine that there's going to be too much sort of cross-pollination over the next few weeks, I think there has to be a bit of a, a separation period, doesn't there? A bit, a bit mm. of sort of... Stop answering his text messages.
2: Stop sending <laughs> text messages. Don't reply. Just yeah, have a break. Exactly.
0: Delete <laughs> <Exactly>. the number. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there'll be a separation, but I'm sure that in time something will be sorted out. But it, it just sort of, it, it's not going to be the, the big priority. The big priority was doing the, the exit as tidily as possible. And I think that they've done that. And then, you know, maybe next summer, it could be, you know, Watford playing Birmingham in a testimonial game, you know, for the Graham Taylor match day or or whatever it is. I'm not sure what what, what that would be. I don't have any inside detail. It happening in quite a sort of quick paced manner probably they haven't necessarily nailed all of that down considering they had to move from okay right let's sort out Troy's exit okay that's done right who's leaving next right Andre Gray okay let's move on to him right now who have we got Nathaniel Shalabar okay just give me a second oh Dom uh, Domingoskina oh yeah okay come on then right we're getting rid of you as well I mean cabs leaving to Fulham now it's basically if <laughs> you get in the back <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> quick come on yeah um, you can share the fare. yeah so I mean it's I'm, I think that they will get to it I'm sure and they will want to do something I hope that there is a a nice goodbye for for Troy down the line, Mm. but I think now is the the time to focus on, on the here and now and for him also to go, right, I'm in the Championship once again and I'm going to score 20 goals and I'm going to do it and be the leader that he has been at Watford.
1: A Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is from the Rookery End.
2: Other outgoings, Adam. Many Going out the door uh, on the last day, but you know the last since we spoke last since last on the podcast, uh, Will Hughes, the the saga, the fiasco, uh, has finally finished. He's gone to Crystal Palace.
0: Yeah, he's gone, and it was weird. I I would have thought for a lot of people seeing him in in the Crystal Palace shirt and Mm. clenched fists and all and all that sort of stuff. Didn't like it. No, no. I think we just have to sort of just kick on from that. Clearly, he and his representatives wanted to make the move from quite early on, set their stall out. They've got the move that has been packaged up, and I'm sure he will do well. he's a he's a he's a he's a good player. Once he's not being sort of pulled around in transfer talks and he's just concentrating on being <laughs> being a footballer, he's very good at doing that. And I'm sure that he will do well at Crystal Palace. I think it's going to be a bit of a battle in terms of the the players that he's competing with at Crystal Palace. It'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets instantly. But Watford got their money. And yeah, we just have to sort of f- forget about that, I think, now. And, and just glad that it's all over.
1: I've got a question for John. Do you think he will get booed? When he comes back to Watford this season,
2: half boos. <laughs> I, like, half the crowd will boo because they just don't look at the actual wider picture of what is football these days. And I think the rest of us, I think, will be just sort of give him a nice golf clap. Uh, the one who I'm not
1: quite sure if he, was I'm not come sure what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to reserve. I'm I'm not going to boo. I'm not going to clap him. I'm going to stand with my arms folded looking cross.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Andre Gray also went. He definitely would get some booze if he came back. That was just just to get him out the door, is it, Adam?
0: Yes. And, you know, he wasn't going to be playing in the first team. And it was very much a a situation of, right, you're not going to be playing. So do you want to move? Because if you can get yourself a move, then we would strongly encourage that i don't think that there's a a significant amount of his wages that are actually being covered by by um, qpr so it is very much a, a case of go and play and you have an opportunity to be playing somewhere, and, and look, you know, he's he's had a troubled time at Watford. It hasn't worked out right back from from 2017 when he signed for you know 18 and a half million pounds. He has had an influence on some on some big moments, scoring goals in the FA Cup and you know setting up goals in the semi final and and all that sort of stuff. But on the whole, on the whole, it is it has not been a success. This is one very much to sort of move on from and learn from. And also, I suppose if you look at down the list, and we can probably skip on to some of the other guys in there, you know, you, you take out Troy Deeney, you take out Will Hughes, you take out Andre Gray, and then, you know, we'll move on. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about them. But you take out Nathaniel Shallabar, Domingos Kina as well. That is a lot of, a lot of voices. And it is a lot of players that have been at the club for for quite a long time. It feels like a real sort of a, a real clear out and mm. just sort of going, right, well, look, we don't want you hanging around. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for us. So, so it's it's my way or the highway almost. And, you know, go and find yourself a club, get it done. Let's focus on, on Nathaniel Shalabar and Domingos Kina because, you know, Kina's slightly different. But that arrived very, very late. It looked like Matt Grimes was going to be number one for, for Fulham. They wanted a defensive midfielder. It was quite a long way down the line, as far as I understand it, with, with Grimes going to to Fulham. And then it just started to sort of gather pace and the option was sort of pushed forward by all parties, really. And it started to appeal more and more. I think there will have been a bit of pushing from from Marco Silva as well, especially on Chalabar, because he had a good relationship with him. And that was when Chalabar had just arrived. He was playing really well. Prior to his injury, that really nasty injury that he got to his kneecap, Marco Silva's got really good memories of 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 Shalabar, And I think he was probably pushing that quite hard. Uh, Domingos Kina obviously, there's the, the, there's the Portuguese link. Kena wanted to be playing. He wanted another deal elsewhere. He didn't think that he was going to be playing much football at, at Watford. But I think that Watford were more keen to keep hold of Kena in some form Rather than Shalabar, who only had a a year left on his contract. And they did extend his contract, Keener, to 2024. They initially had an option to extend it to 2023. Um, but as I understand it, that has actually now been kicked forward to to 2024. So he can go off on a loan. I'm sure there'll be an option in there, but it means that if Fulham do get promoted and want to sign him, then it will be a significant amount of money. Um, But then they might look at it, Watford, and go, well, you know what? He's actually just torn up the the championship. So
1: great, we'll have you back. You can't really see him ever being a part of a Watford team, though, can you? And and that's why I'm I'm sort of pleased that he... he, I know he's not gone permanently, but I'm kind of pleased that a lot of these players have gone because i think for too long we have just had these people just knocking about like mark navarro like just there just never it, that isn't good for him he's never going to get in the team you know the energy in the place you know it must be tough for those players to kind of come in every day and kind of try and be part of it go you know, go through the motions or give it your all whatever whatever you like and it's just it, i think it's good and there's, there's no one there now that, it, that that isn't there because they're part of the, the squad properly
0: I think that that's a really it's a really important point. You know, there have been teams that have been successful, and I, I think back to to Burnley when they first got back up into the Premier League, and they only had about seventeen or eighteen players that they used under Sean Dyche, and they had a really really successful season. It might have even been when they got promoted up to the to the Premier League, and sometimes having a smaller group without any dissenting voices because not 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 in a bad way but you know if you're not in the team you're not happy are you you're sort of moping around that, that the, the way that you put it DCW is is absolutely perfect you know you've got no bad energy if you're all in it together then you're moving all in the same direction yes there's going to be a little bit of disappointment here and there but you've got that competition for places you know that there's not much sort of extra sort of wriggle room around it's like well look i've got a real chance to be playing here and if i keep my if i play well i keep my place so yeah i think that that was probably also one of the driving driving factors behind it in addition to the financial side of things as well you you know if you can save a little bit of money here and there I'm sure that there has been sort of various deals done and it's maybe been more driven by, well, you're not going to be playing so go elsewhere, but we'll cover, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever in terms of wages or bonuses or whatever it is. The the ones that have left and you've been able to sort of terminate contracts here or you've sold players there, you've gone, right, well, we, we we are really working through cutting back and scott Duxbury, when he was on the um the podcast with with you john earlier on um this year i think that that was one of the you know the main driving factors that you know we have seen what life is like in the championship how precarious it can be when you are carrying a, a very heavy squad full of big wages and if you don't get up then you're going to be in real peril so they've you know they've acted upon that now some people might be disappointed that, that you know there there weren't signings later on to to cover some of the departments, in particular in defence. But they have looked and they were looking, but other things then take priority. You know, releasing the players. You can't be do, you can't be spinning a hundred plates all at one time when you've almost got players that have waited right until the deadline day to 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 push moves out. So you have to sort of be looking after that side of things. So sometimes you are left a little bit a little bit short in, in positions. But but I've seen a lot of, of, of people saying that, you know, we're really short in defensive positions. I, I, I do understand that, but there, there is a limit to how many players you can have. And I think as I was trying to get off to bed last night, trying to take my mind off talking about deal sheets, I was thinking about the cover <laughs> that we do actually have in um, in fullback positions. And a lot of people have been saying, right, well, if Rose goes down, we've got Adam Messina or vice versa. But what if one of those go down at, or both of them? And then I thought we, we, do, we did sign that youngster, James Morris, who actually is quite an adept left back. He's had experience at, at Southampton. Then at right back, you do have Craig Cathcart if you need him. And that's after Kiko Fermedia. And that's after Jeremy Ngakia. So, so you have got a little bit of cover there. In your center, central defensive positions, you've got Francisco Sierra, you've got William Truex Kong, you've got Christian Cabaselle, who I understand a couple of clubs were sniffing around him uh, in the latter parts of the of the of the window, and you've also got Craig Cathcart. So you do have four for either two or three positions, and you also then have Adam Messina, if need be, to play as a, as a three if if you've dropped out. So, you know, you have got. A lot of players there.
2: It is fans, though, looking at Messina's performances and being a little bit worried. It is them seem to be fixated on the fact that Trusticon will go to the African Cup in January. Well, there's still time to get the another you know free agent in if they really think they're desperate or they get desperate, I suppose. Or
1: sign a sense back in January.
2: The 1st of January, yeah, here's exactly. our new signing. Ta-da, that's all still doable.
0: Uh, let's be brutally honest here. I, we have been talking about it. I'm pretty sure Gino Pozzo, Cristiano Giretta, and Scott Duxbury have looked at their calendar and <laughs> have realised that we the, the that. Cup of Nations. Ne- oh yeah. my god, we
1: forgot! Oh
0: yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they are football people working at a football club and looking ahead. You know, so it's they will have some sort of plan, but you can't. You can't have. More players than twenty-five players.
2: We have only got twenty-three, though. We have only got at the moment.
0: We only have twenty-three, but they have, I suppose, and we don't know. You know, something might have happened between the time that we record this and it it drops on Thursday morning. They might have secured someone, but also I think you you're quite wise to actually leave a bit of space if you need to, and this is how i understand it just taking a little bit of guidance from 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 what i've been sort of researching over the last 24 hours that you are allowed to bring in a free agent if you want to where the premier league would get a little bit annoyed is if you start bringing in free agents into your squad whilst you also have other players around your squad, if that makes sense, that haven't been named in your 25 already. So you're sort of stockpiling numbers. If you genuinely need them to fill places, then I think that they're quite happy. They can't be happy with Chelsea then. That's an interesting point because if you look at Chelsea, they're not all hanging around. They're all out on loan. And that's something that Watford have done so much better this summer. Sending out their, their fringe players out on loan so they are and I'm going down a route where I'm going to quote Boris Johnson and I hate it and I can't stop myself, but they are going to be oven ready. They will be ready. And I don't even know what oven bloody ready means, but it sounds about right that they're, they're going to be hitting the ground running. It might not be that they are needed. Got players out on loan. Your squad is bigger, but it's just not in the training ground all the time and they are playing football. And if they're not going to then come back and get into your first team, you can then sell them for a bit of money and reinvest it in someone that you genuinely want. So I think that this this overhaul that we have seen this summer, it might not be to everyone's taste. It might be a bit of a gamble, but it's brave, it's bold. And if if we're brutally honest, it's probably what a lot of fans have been crying out for. For a long, long time, but then when it happens, everyone goes, "Oh, oh no!" Uh, but he's gone. Oh no, they're, they're not. They're not here anymore. What are we going to do? Without actually focusing on the talents that Watford still have, you look at the exciting players that Watford have got: Cucho, Hernandez, Emmanuel Dennis, Joshua King, Ishmael Assar. You've then got the, you know, the big guns, the big sort of Doorman that we've now got in midfield, which I'm really, really happy about. Kutska, Sissoko, Etibo. You've then got the dependable, cleverly. You've then got. Ozan Tufan, who looks like a sort of a box of fun that I'm looking forward to seeing how he he plays out. And then you've got another reliable Dan Gosling who can give you, you know, 20 minutes here and there. Then at the back, you've got some exciting talents. Poor old
1: Imran Loser's already the forgotten man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I told like, you. I've even for- yeah, I've forgotten Imran <laughs> <forgotten> In- <laughs> In- Loser. And he's one that they're, you know, genuinely excited about. And it might be a bit of a slow burn that, you know, he, he needs a bit of time to adapt. So... There is a lot to be excited about. Still, you know, people need to forget about the 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 people that have left. Focus on the ones that are here. Get behind them, and then maybe this might be a bright new a bright new era. Who knows? People are still finding their feet. The coaches are still just working out. You know, and that's why. And that's why I think. And I've got a little bit of. I've got I've got a bit of it might be blind faith, but I've got a bit of faith that once everyone in that midfield has been in the building all at the same time for, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, they will hatch a plan that makes a little bit more sense than than what we've seen so far. Peter Atibo is 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 maybe not the one that we want anchoring. He he does a job as a good anchor, but we do maybe want someone when we are in possession in the in our back four or our back three or whatever it is going to be, that maybe drops in beyond him. He then goes more forward to go and win the ball ahead, if need be, if we lose it. And then someone else drops in more as a sweeper to come and get the ball. I'm sure that this will be done. But, you know, we've had three, four games, quick succession, lots of transition in the squad going on in the background, lots of players hanging around, not knowing if they're going to be leaving. Now is the time to really start going, right, lads. Oh, thank goodness that's over. Let's all start meeting each other. You're right. hello, this is Peter. Hello! Oh, good, lovely to meet you, Imran. Imran, come over here. Come on, come on. We do love you. Come on, <laughs> Imran. Meet Ozan. You know, it's like you know they're still all meeting
1: each other, almost. Yeah, so it's a good point. I think that we should just give it a little bit more time. I do. I do agree, and I think it's good to be optimistic. It is good to be optimistic, and I I, I try to be optimistic about the players we brought in. It's the start of a new season. We've seen some. We've seen some good flashes from a lot of the new signings already. If not, if not consistent ninety minute performances over the three three or four games so far. But what I would say kind of I think what I'm the feeling I'm getting from a lot of people, and I think there's a bit of truth to this, is that if you look at where we are now, once you sort of now the dust has settled and you sort of get rid of the sort of new signing excitement that there is with anyone, it's always nice to sign a new player and you kind of you, you look for the positives in them all. If you look at what we've got on paper, what we have now is a less creative midfield than last season with losing Hughes. I don't think we've 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 not upgraded in any with any of those midfield players on Will Hughes in terms of what he was good at. We've, they're got, a, we've got we've got we're not down. No, but we've got. No, i different players. We've got a different yeah. type of midfield now. We've got we've got a big lads in midfield. who are going to run about and have a good presence for us in the midfield, which might be a good thing. It might be the way to go. We've got a defence that we're not that We're not necessarily that confident in. Which you can argue the toss either way, but we know. We're with one or two suspensions away from having to makeshift. and we've got a, an attack where we've signed players who look good, but between them have barely scored a, a non penalty goal in the last few seasons. So it's basically a functional team, some gambles, and the big one is Saar. If if you know, it's it, it's all it's all dependent on he's the star really, and everyone else is kind of the supporting act at the moment. That could be one way that you looked at it. It could be if your glass was half empty and it had a hole and a hole in the bottom
0: of it. I reckon you could, <laughs> you, could, you, could probably, you could probably. It sounds a bit like well yeah but yeah but then but yeah but look but you know oh yeah. but yeah it's like come on I reckon there's a lot of players in there and I think just going back to the point that you made about the about the midfield I wrote it in a piece the the, the game against Brighton it looked as if we were crying out for someone like Will Hughes. And there is a sort of a a narrative out there about, you know, we've lost the creativity that we had in midfield last season. I wouldn't really call Nathaniel Shalabar or Will Hughes
1: as particularly creative players. No, that might be the wrong word. But I think Will Hughes was a progressive player. He would get the ball in deep positions and progress the ball up the pitch. Kuczka did that in the
0: first
2: game of the season. He did it this weekend
0: yeah and i think Sissoko does that as well and yeah. i think ozan tufan will be able to do that and i think that that tom cleverley can do that if he's de- if he's deployed in that role so i don't think I, it's it's not as if midfielders can only play in one way the likes of Sissoko... and it was interesting when he when he did his first interview he was saying that sometimes he was deployed in, in positions that he didn't necessarily like, and he likes to just be in central midfield. And we know that he can carry the ball forward. He might not be a, a super sharp shooter. And there was that lovely moment when we went back to, to Tottenham and he had the shot that sort of was more of a conversion than a shot. And he was um he was warmly jeered, I would have thought, by the Tottenham fans. I suppose that's the best way of putting it, that you know, he's he's not going to be scoring lots of goals. You know, Tufan, he seemingly does score goals and he likes to have shots. Kutska has got into goal-scoring positions. He hasn't scored yet, but I'm sure he might be able to chip in here and there as well. So I think there are signs there. And I think that, again, the experience that they have, the things that they've seen, the places that they've been as well, I think, you know, they've got enough snarling nous about them to be able to compete in the Premier League at the very least, and who knows where they can they can push Watford this season? I think it's I think it's important now to sort of have a positive outlook, not blind not blind faith and saccharine sweet sort of oh he's just talking he's just he's just sort of pumping everything up and he's sort of being misguidedly optimistic. I think it's like well come on, we're in the Premier League. That's where we wanted to be. We have one we won one game. We played really well. We were pretty shocking against Brighton, but we were decent in the second half and then at tottenham we went toe to toe with one of the one of the teams that everyone fancies in the league and we could have quite easily won that game yes they had a lot of possession but they didn't really do much with it we looked decent on the counter attack and we lost because Daniel Batman just had a, a bit of a sort of a, a brain freeze and, and didn't gather the ball which was a real shame for him because I think he's been brilliant up until now. So I think that there are a lot of things to be to be positive about and optimistic about and we can kick into to some decent games coming up with you know high hopes and and really getting behind this this new band of brothers I think. DCW you you are right that there, there there needs to be a little bit of a sort of a not a handbrake but just a little bit of, a little bit of caution. But I think we've said that, you know, it's like, you know, it is, there are a few gambles here and there. They've done a lot of change, but there is some, there is, there's some sparks there. And also, you know what? We've gone through a whole podcast in an international break. And we haven't even mentioned the likelihood of the head coach going anywhere. And I think that that's actually, yeah. I think that's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Quite, that's the win. quite, a, po- <laughs> you know, quite a positive thing. And that's, you know, we would expect it, you know, we if we, you take us back two years ago, we would have probably been talking at this point, I think they actually gave Javi Grafia the first week and then he thought that he was going to be planning for the game against Arsenal. And then they sacked him. The fact that Shisco Munoz is still there, I think he's he's shown enough, him and his coaching staff to to sort of have pushed. He's a still got those there.
1: two two international breaks coming up in October and November. Oh
0: <laughs> damn That is part that is part of the Pozzo tapestry that we we know, we love, we fear, but it is all part of what we we accept. But I, I hope that you know he continues to to kick on and and we're more focused on how the the side is working and the new the new signings rather than any new head coaches down the line um gents it has been an absolute pleasure Going through all this, and, and you've you've rejuvenated me. I was absolutely on the floor for the majority of, of, of today, whilst I was looking after the kids and taking them all over the place. But I, my head was pretty much empty, having been talking about transfers and deal sheets and options and obligations and all that for such a long time. But no, Nola, I, I really appreciate you both being here as always. And for anyone that isn't part of the Athletic family already. If you do go to theathletic.com forward slash end, there is a special offer for you where you can get a third off your um, subscription as a new subscriber. So uh, if you want to be uh, reading what I've been writing uh, over the last few weeks, few months, and what I'm going to be writing about in the future, which is hopefully going to be some deep dives about how well all of the players, in particular Imran loser has been doing, Mm -hmm. you can join in and and I hope you enjoy uh, all that The Athletic offers. DCW, thank you very much indeed. Cheers, Adam. Pleasure. John, thank you very much.
2: Uh, thank you very much. Um, I've just signed up, Adam, for you're now club member number one for the Imran Loser fan club. So that's <laughs> that, that, that membership card should win its way in the next few days.
0: I'm a loser, baby. <laughs> so <laughs> why
2: don't you give. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's got, that has got to be his song.
0: But it's, it doesn't really work, does it? It doesn't really work. <laughs> Anyway, we'll come up with something better and uh, and we will sing it to you on the, on the next podcast. And the last thing to say, thank you very, very much to everyone who has sent in a question. And we might not have given everyone a name check, but I'm sure, as you will have heard, we have covered all of the topics that you were asking about. And there are a few others that I have stored up and I will answer either in articles or on future podcasts as well. Gents, thank you very much. Take care, everyone. And we'll see you on the next edition.
2: The Athletic.